Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast, where we bring you real life working mom stories, tips, tricks, and advice for thriving and surviving in motherhood. Because you shouldn't have to experience working motherhood alone. Join our community of support as we discuss all of the things and how we get by in this sometimes crazy and imperfect journey of working motherhood. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Today in episode 19, I'm talking to Sabra Ritter from Beautiful Chaos Blog about her journey through postpartum anxiety, her career progression, and how she navigated the very real struggles she faced when she returned to work from maternity leave. This is such a raw and vulnerable episode, and I want to thank Sabra for opening up so much about this sensitive topic. I hope you can resonate with her story and realize that there is hope when it comes to healing from postpartum anxiety and depression. Know that you are not in this alone. There are lots of moms that have experienced similar things as you, and we are here for you. So let's dive into this episode and learn more about Sabra's very real story that she was so gracious to share with us here on Confessions of a Working Mom. Without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Sabra. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and your family and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Sabra Ritter. I am a mom of two little girls. I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And until, well, until last year, I was working full-time. I actually quit my full-time job in the beginning of this year. And then I was only working part-time, which was a perfect situation for my family and myself um, to just work a few days a week. And then with the pandemic, I got let go. So I currently am not working a official job, if you will. Um, But luckily, I had started my blog at the end of last year before I even quit my other job. Um, so that is my side passion project slash what I want to do with my next career. Mm-hmm. And I also recently in the last couple of months started writing for Daily Mom. So I'm a contributor for Daily Mom. I write a couple articles for them um, every single month as well. Awesome. So your blog is called the Beautiful Chaos Blog, correct? Yes, correct. What uh, made you start that blog and what would you say is the purpose behind it? Um, I actually started it when I felt like I could not control anything in my entire world. Um, I had recently gone back to work after maternity leave with my second daughter. Um, and work was just kind of, it ended up being turning into not a great situation. Um, and I felt like I couldn't control anything at work. And I couldn't control my home life with having two kids under the age of three and trying to work full time. 
it was just super chaotic. So it was my outlet to be able to control something. (laughs) Um, It was just the one thing that I was able to do that was just for myself. It was for me. And it was kind of like therapy almost. Um, I've never been a person that journaled, but for some reason I could write about stuff um, that I've experienced that I realized that other women have experienced too, moms, especially, um, and just started to share my experiences on it and things that I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, my goal of it is to be able to connect with other just normal moms out there. Um, there's tons of blogs out there. There's tons of things that women can look at. Um, but sometimes I feel like they're a little too, I don't want to say the word fake, but a little bit less genuine. Yeah. I'm not trying to be perfect. I've taken pictures of stuff and I'm trying to make that perfect, you know, Instagram picture. And I realize, oh, well, there's a blanket in the middle of the room or something that I missed. And I'm like, you know what, whatever. The whole point of it is to show the real parts, the beautiful parts, while also showing the chaos of my life. Cause that's literally what we all do every single day. Yeah. So I wanted to show the real parts, but also it could still be beautiful among the chaos part that is real because everything might look perfect in this little picture, but you turn around and the rest of the house is a complete disaster. <laughs> <laughs> right. Literally life most days of the week. Like when <laughs> I can get dressed and do my hair in the morning on occasion. And then I turn around and my children have completely destroyed my room or spilled nail polish on the floor, or whatever's happened. That's, you know, that's just life. And that's actually what happens. So I wanted to be able to share my life and connect with other moms and women who have experienced the same things and just giving them an outlet, um, to see that there's real people out there as well. For sure. So have you noticed in your blogging that certain topics resonate more with moms? Have you noticed like a couple of areas that keep coming up? Um, yes. And it's actually the hardest topics to talk about. I feel Mm -hmm. like resonate the most with, um, moms out there, which is great. But then those are also like the really hard stuff that to talk about. But yeah. when, um, last month, for example, I featured, um, a dear friend of mine who I've been friends with for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And she shared her experience with miscarriages. She's had a couple, um, and talked about her experiences with that. And that was actually <clears throat> the most read blog post I've ever had in my time of having my blog. Um, So that really meant a lot that someone can share their experiences and that people out there want to hear about it and talk about it. And we created a really good online discussion on through Instagram and people reached out to her. So it's like that kind of stuff that people are scared to talk about that I feel like gets the most reaction because we don't talk about it enough. Yeah, for sure. I think for so long, it was kind of like something that people didn't want to talk about or felt like maybe they couldn't talk about in a public space. Um, Mm -hmm. So then when people started kind of coming to the surface with it and and saying things about it online, then it kind of, you know, set off like, okay, well, someone else told their story. So I'm going to tell my story. And I think that's great that, um, you know, that's happening now. Yeah. And it makes it a little less scary when someone else puts themselves out there first And since I personally have not firsthand experienced it, I had to, you know, have someone else's story, but it also helped me not experiencing it, learning and talking through it again, even though I knew what had happened with her and just getting it out there again, it just, it, it just connects us a little bit more when I think there's certain things that we all go through that makes us feel like we're alone on our own little Island. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about it and realize like, Oh, someone else feels the same way or has gone through that. You're just like, okay, I'm not alone. Like I 
with somebody else, even if you have no idea who that person is, never met them. Like you're like, I'm not doing this alone. And I think that's what, um, is really helpful for sure. For sure. So many moms experience, um, and this kind of relates to what we're talking about, like talking about the more difficult subjects to talk about because they are so deeply personal. Um, Many moms go through postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression. And I know um, you have an experience with postpartum anxiety. Can you Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that and sort of how that experience has shaped certain decisions in your career? Yeah, absolutely. So, and that was one of the things when I talked about starting my blog is I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't control anything. And, um, every time I talk about this, it still makes me emotional. even though it's been over a year. Um, after I went back to work at the end, beginning of October of 2019, mm-hmm. um, I kind of felt, you know, you just go through maternity leave and you're just barely trying to survive. And then oh, you have yeah. to go back to work. <laughs> And then you're like, holy moly, like, how do I do this now with two kids? Um, Mm -hmm. And my second daughter, she was going to bed at like six o'clock, which is darn near impossible to get a child to bed at six o'clock when you're working (laughs) a full-time job, to say the least. And we couldn't miss her bedtime. Like it wasn't like really an option. Um, And then when I went back to work, things just kind of got really crazy, really fast for me. And Mm -hmm. um, it was one of those experiences that, I had heard about other people going through stuff like my sister talked about it, but I honestly didn't understand what she was talking about when she said she had postpartum anxiety. Cause I was like, I don't know what that means. Even though I'd already had a child, I didn't understand it. Um, and I was in this working moms group and the leader of the group had talked about how she had it, but she was saying, well, I couldn't, she couldn't even leave her house. Like she couldn't get in the car and drive to like even the mailbox. Like she mm-hmm. was freaking out. So I'm thinking like, no, I'm fine. I'm just stressed out. I just have a lot of stuff going on. I can, I can do this. I can figure it out. And then as time went on, it just kept getting worse because I didn't even want to admit it to myself what was going on. And my, for myself, it was more of a, it would build up into me so much. And then I would just snap, like it was a volcano and I would just explode. Mm -hmm. And there was no like warning. Like my husband always tell me like, Oh, let me know before it happens. I'm like, dude, I don't know. (laughs) It just is like, and I've had these moments and it especially happened, um, towards the end of the day when I was just tired and been working all day. And of course you're not really sleeping enough and stressed out. And my, at that time, two-year-old would you know be brushing her teeth and would just take forever. I remember this like moment so vividly. And she, I don't remember exactly what she was doing, but I got so mad at her. I was like banging my fist on the counter. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why, Yeah, but it just, it would build up in me so much that I just, I would snap and I would snap at her, but like not even for like a good reason. It just, it just, I had to get it out some way. Um, realized in this past week where my, um, the baby had some nights where she just decided, you know, to be up for a few hours or whatever, mm-hmm. that the sleep deprivation also was a kicker of it. Cause every time that I don't get enough sleep, I just feel that anxiety in me that just gets, it's just like, you can't control it. And yeah. it's just so hard. And when I was sitting in the, um, I'm working mom's group, there's a psychologist that came in to talk about like our relationships with our spouses and that kind of stuff. And I asked her a question about my, my oldest daughter. I was just having, I don't want to say behavioral issues with her, just normal kid stuff, but it just had seemed so much. And I'd brought up what she was going through at the time. And, and then she turned it around and basically said it was on me. 
And I was like, excuse me? What do you mean mm-hmm. it's on me? Basically, not not to say she blamed me for it, but she was like, well, she's doing this because of the way you're acting. And I was, and I got mad, like not, I didn't show anyone I got mad, but I was like pissed when I left that session. Yeah. And the other mom called me up. She's like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, when I actually had like 10 minutes by myself to think about, it, I realized like, holy moly, she's like, she's right. Like she's acting the way she's acting because I'm acting like a psychopath at times. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that anymore. And it was like in that moment that it all clicked that Sorry, what I was going through was totally normal. Yeah. And it was okay, but it was super shitty. Oh, and I totally get it. Yeah. I've had I've had some of the same experiences that you're talking about. So I completely 100 percent get it. Thank you. Yeah. And it was just it it took that moment for me to realize that I was going through something. And then once I admitted it to myself, um, then it was like I could. I was able to like figure it out, not perfectly at all. Like it took a long time, but I was able to like admit that I was going through it Mm -hmm. and then talk about it. And once I started talking about it and talking to my husband about it, because he just thought I was completely crazy. (laughs) Um, And we, you know, we had things we had to work through and get through and try to figure out how to make it better. And I, from that moment on, I drove home. It took me like 30 minutes to get home. And I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, I cannot act this way in front of her ever again. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still have plenty of my moments. That I still, <laughs> but I decided that day I was like, I was done with acting that way around her. And then instead what I would do is when I was driving home from work and something had happened at work, I would just scream at my husband all the way home. <laughs> and then when I got home, I'd be out of my system. Luckily he knew what was happening. I wasn't yelling directly at him. I was trying to get out of my system. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, long story short, I ended up actually leaving my job due to the way that I was treated there. Um, I was basically harassed and bullied for months and no one wanted to help the situation. They just said that I had to come up with a solution to the problem. I was Mm. like, well, fire the person who's doing it. So Mm -hmm. I ended up leaving my job in the beginning of this year, um, which was really hard for me because I had been there for six years. It was the one company that I had progressed to the point where I finally felt like, okay, I'm actually finally where I should be in my career. I'm making the salary I should be making. I have the title I want, all that fluffy stuff that we care about, but doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Right. So it was disappointing and not disappointing. It just was disheartening to leave um, after working so hard. But then at the same time, I'm like, it, now looking back, it was the best decision I made for myself and my family. Yeah. And it had given me the time, not only with my daughters, but also with my husband and being able to have this time that we'll never get back. I know they can drive me crazy at times, but sure, whatever. They spilled nail polish literally on my cabinet the other day and I went to go wipe it off and it took the paint off and it drove me crazy. But in 10 years, I'm not going to remember that. And what I will remember is being able to stay in our pajamas all day and just snuggle or do whatever we want or go outside and paint or color or make messes or, you know, that's what I'm going to remember at the end of the day. For Um, sure. Yeah. It's really hard because at the same time, I really want to do something (laughs) like I love being a mom and that's always been a passion of mine, but then I'm passionate about doing my own stuff. So yeah, is with my blog, I've been able to have that outlet of just being able to do stuff that I want to do. And it's just my stuff, which I kind of enjoy having like something that's still Sabra and it's not mom. It's not wife. It's not sister. It's not daughter. It's not any of those other things. It's like, it's just my stuff. And that's really helped me at times 
with anxiety is just being able to have an outlet to for sure, yeah, and express myself. So it still comes back here and again at the beginning of the year with all this pandemic shutdown craziness stuff. It got bad again. Um, so I definitely had to learn to check myself. And every time it comes back, I have to just kind of learn to like let it out and then let it go. Yeah. So it's been a work in progress, and even now it's been 18 months since I had her and it's still like, okay, is this ever going to go away? Or is this just yeah now learning to cope with different things that pop up in our life? Yeah. So two, so two things out of um, that story. And thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate, you know, you sharing that with everybody because I know it's hard to kind of just be vulnerable and share those kinds of stories. But I think also it's so important that we do talk to each other about these things. Um, And in realizing that sometimes things that we're experiencing do have a reason. And I don't think a lot of people realize that, for example, like postpartum anxiety can manifest in that type of like anger or feeling of loss of control and things like that. Those are kind of things that manifest out of postpartum anxiety. So I think just like telling moms that like, you're not alone, like, don't feel like you're the only one experiencing this is just so important. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the hardest thing for me to realize that it wasn't just me like completely losing my mind. It was normal, but I hadn't met anybody else who had experienced it that way. Um, In my mind, I'm like, oh, theirs is way more dramatic than mine. I just get angry sometimes, but it's like, that's not just getting angry. That's like full on rage, which is just, it's not fun feeling to be in. And then you're like, dude, how do I get out of this? Cause I just feel like I was just spiraling. And then like, I would get more mad that I was getting mad. (laughs) Yeah. That's just not a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I, I, like I said, I think people don't realize that anxiety isn't just one thing. Um, Mm -hmm. it could be several different things depending on what's going on in your life. And especially this year with everything just being amplified. I think the anxiety is just heightened um, in 2020 in general. But yeah, I think it's just important that we that we realize that, um, you know, that it can manifest in different ways. There's nothing wrong with you. And, you know, there is help available that we, you know, we can get better. Absolutely. So what tips would you give to moms who are experiencing some type of anxiety and no matter like what way it manifests in, but what tips would you give to them? Um, I think the most, the biggest tip I would have is just talk about it. Um, whether you find a professional to talk about it, you talk about it with a friend, talk about with some random person you met on Instagram (laughs) that posted about it. Yeah. Talk about with your husband. I think just not keeping it a secret. I mean, obviously it's not a secret because people can see something's going on with you, but the longer I kept it inside of me and didn't talk about it or admit it was going on or whatever, it was just harder for me to deal with. And then once I started talking about it, it didn't get better instantly, but it just made it easier to deal with. And um, it was odd. It made it more real that I admitted it, but then it made it easier to deal with because it was a real thing versus like, Oh, it's not happening. So I don't have to deal with it kind of thing. 
It's like if right. you break your foot and you're like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just going to keep walking on it. And then you go to the doctor and you get the cast on. It's like, okay, well that kind of sucks. But now you're actually dealing with the problem versus like, oh, I'm just going to ignore it. Yeah. My foot will heal. It won't. You need someone else's <laughs> help to deal with it. It's not just going to magically get better on its own. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that advice. Yeah. It's not just going to go away because you want it to. You actually have yeah. to get to the root of it and try to figure out and find out what method works best for you. Exactly. So what would you say about perfection in motherhood? Um, so this topic comes up a lot in just various blogs and kind of on social media. Um what do you, what is, what are your feelings about perfection in motherhood? Um, that's a great question because I am a perfectionist. Um, and it's hard because in some ways, like that's why I was really good at my job. I was in events and marketing. And mm-hmm. if I wasn't a perfectionist, I wouldn't have been good at my job because it was the only way I could do my job. People said, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, well, I just am very meticulous and yeah. you have to be super on stuff. Um, and then once you throw kids in the mix, like the second I got pregnant and you lose, for lack of a better word, you kind of lose control of your body. It's not your body anymore. It Mm -hmm. is your baby's body. They're just using you until you give birth. And then depending upon if you want to feed, then you are giving that to them. And then they want to use you to cuddle and to snuggle and to write their snot on and whatever else. So I feel like pregnancy prepares us to let go of a lot of things, but, um, I know we all still try to hold on so tightly to that ideal of what we thought motherhood would be like, but then these little people come into our lives and live in our homes and just do whatever they want. They make messes, they spill stuff, they throw stuff, they wake up whenever they want. They, yeah, there's only so much (laughs) we can control that, which really, really forces us to like, stop the perfect the perfect part, which I think is yeah. you know, really my goal of my blog is to show like, you can try to be perfect, but you're never going to be perfect. And no right. one's perfect period. Um, and it's for myself, it's like, there's things that I, I really enjoy doing and I want my house to look a certain way just because that's what I enjoy. I did events. I wanted stuff to like look a certain way because it's pretty and appeasing to myself. And I like when I can get dressed during the day, but there's just some days that all of a sudden I realize it's five o'clock and I'm in the clothes I wore last night. I don't even know what happened to the day, but yeah. Kids are alive. Everyone's <laughs> happy. I don't know what happened. Um, so it's letting go of that stuff. And it's funny because in the past, so we, my daughter goes to daycare one or two days a week. They both do, mm-hmm. which is great. And originally we were going to have my older one start preschool this year, but with everything going on, we just like, you know what, let's just keep her home. She's only three and a half now. She doesn't need it, need it. But instead I started doing like little mini lessons with her at home, just finding stuff online, you know, just practicing stuff. Cause she really enjoys learning and she just has done stuff on her own, which has been great. And she asked me to teach her how to read. Um, I was like, um, glad you have so much confidence in me kid, but we started <laughs> stuff and tracing numbers and letters and like that kind of stuff. And I realized that my child is very much me. And if she doesn't do something like in her mind, like a perfect O or an S, like yeah, the girl has like a meltdown and she asked me to like erase marker and like literally put like a hole in a piece of paper trying to erase the work that she did because it wasn't perfect. Yeah. So seeing that in her and me trying to navigate it on this side has been so eye-opening and really has taught me to take a step back that when I do stuff, like, you know, we talk about body image with kids 
is and like all that kind of stuff. But then it's like, well, what about like showing them not to be perfect? And it's okay when we mess up and it's okay if even if you break something, like stuff happens, like right. to not get upset about it and to show them like, hey, it's okay that I'm not being perfect. So that's actually in the past couple months really taught me even more to watch myself when I'm around her. And then also check in with myself that it's like, it's, it's fine. It's okay. And I think we all try to keep up with what we see um, on social media and wherever else. And we just see one glimpse in an image that we think is this entire person's world, but it's not, that's just one picture that they took that probably took them three hours to set up that picture. <laughs> and then yeah. <laughs> they took that picture and they posted that picture, but who knows what the rest of their week or day looks like. Um, so that's really in a good way, challenged me to look at myself and try to help her, um, and figure out ways to, help her teach her stuff. Cause she really enjoys learning and doing stuff on her own, but not to the point where she's getting frustrated and then I get frustrated and then it just turns into this whole debacle. So, yeah. um, I know I kind of went like a roundabout way to answer that question, but I think, you know, the perfect part of us being moms is I'm never going to be perfect, but as long as I'm the perfect mom for my kids, that's all that matters. And as long as they're happy, as long as they want to snuggle with me and they love me and I know they love me and they, I'm their person. That's what matters. And seeing how my kids are with other people and making them good human beings. If I could do that, then I am a perfect mom. And that's what matters. Not how my makeup looks today, or if I have matching socks on, or if I, you know, made my bed or whatever else it's my kids are good human beings. And that's what matters at the end of the day to me. I love that so much. Yes. I totally agree with that. And I love, how you talked about showing your kids it's okay to not be perfect. Um, I remember my daughter came home, she's five, and she said the teacher told her she wasn't coloring in the lines or something like that. And I'm like, well, you know, you don't always have to color in the lines. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, sometimes you just want to color outside the lines. I think that's what you're supposed to do, especially at five. And, yeah. and that's funny now I actually try to show her when I mess stuff up. Um, and I'm not perfect. Like I'll, you know, write something super messy. And then she's trying to trace my letters. I'm like, okay, those are not the good letters <laughs> to trace. But I show her, I'm like, hey, look, like, see, mommy doesn't write perfect all the time. And then you just copy it. And then you just, you're going to learn as you go. And yeah. Uh, but yes. Kids are allowed to color outside the box, right? <laughs> yes, for sure. And we are too. I mean, mm-hmm. we we don't have to be perfect and we can go outside the box and do what works for us. Um, kind of going back to, you know, how you said, you know, you shifted gears in your career and just really want to do what works best for you and your family. I think that's such a huge part of it. And I, I did something similar in my career. So I totally understand and, and get where you're coming from on that. Yeah. And it's, and it, and I feel like at this day and age with companies not adapting mm-hmm. to real life moms, we have to make our own thing because it's just not practical to try to live in the crazy fast paced world that we do and do everything. It's just impossible. And companies expect, I think too much from not too much, but if we're delivering a product and if I could deliver my product in 35 hours a week and working from home at times, yeah, what does it matter where I am, what I'm doing, which is ironic. Cause that was one of the things I wanted flexibility working from home. Yeah. And now everyone's working from home. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ironic, but you know, <laughs> when, I, 
Right. What I've noticed though was, so I actually just transitioned out of my corporate career this year too. Um, So I'm full-time in my business. And, but what I noticed when I was working from home for the corporate career, it's totally different than working from home for yourself. Um, It is just like night and day. And it, I mean, it's just like, you feel like you're literally glued to the chair for eight hours and you're like, you're just responding to, um, fire calls. Like you have to be there. And I'm like, I, I just, I'm like, I can't do that anymore. (laughs) So I 100% agree. So great. So what advice, so this is a kind of a good transition because I had kind of one more thing to talk about. And that was what advice would you give to working moms trying to handle everything during the pandemic this year, um, just handling their careers, working from home, dealing with the kids being home from school because schools are closed down. Um, any points of advice you would give to them? Um, I think just learning to prioritize what's actually important. Mm-hmm. Uh, when this thing first started, I just felt like the weeks were just, the days were weird. The weeks were weird. And I felt like I was doing a lot of stuff, but not getting anything done that I wanted to get done. So I started making a list of things I wanted to get done during the week. And it could have been, you know, I need to go return this item at the store and I want to clean my baseboards and I want to dye my hair this week, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. just putting a couple of things that I wanted done down um, for myself or for the house or for the family and then filling those in, in the holes. And then the day-to-day stuff, you know, we all know we have to get done, right. We have to feed our kids. We have to hopefully take a shower if we can get that in. Um, but just managing our own expectations of the Mm -hmm. day-to-day week stuff versus like, Oh, I'm just going to do all this stuff. It's like, well, no, like, let's be realistic. Like how many like bigger, like to-do list items can we actually get done in a week? Yeah. Most of us get a few of them done just because there's not that much time. And especially with having the kids home so much more and no offense, our husband's home so much more. (laughs) (laughs) It just creates, like, I realized, um, with having all of us home, it's everything gets way dirtier. Like I have to clean even more. I clean the kitchen times a day. The floors get dirtier. Everything just gets a little dirtier. So I created a system for myself. It's like, I can't try to clean the house one day a week and be like, Oh, look, it's like, I'm, I got a house cleaner again. I can just clean my house one day a week. Nope. That's yeah. impossible to do. <laughs> two kids and a husband and a dog. So I was like, okay, on Mondays I do this on Tuesdays. I do this Wednesdays. I take a break. And then I also started having my three-year-old help me. It takes twice as long, but she enjoys it and we could get it done together. Yeah. Um, I'm just checking it off. And I think just managing our own expectations and really making sure that we're doing the stuff that's actually important in the day-to-day stuff. And it's kind of like with a newborn, you're just trying to survive. You're just trying to make sure, okay, did I eat enough today? Did I drink enough today? My baby's happy. She's sleeping, whatever's going on. Does it really matter if I end up leaving the sink full of dishes, whatever, it'll be there tomorrow. If I didn't vacuum today, it'll be there tomorrow. I, you know, didn't get dressed today, whatever. The laundry didn't get put away. There's times where my laundry still sits out for a week just because <laughs> and I buy it, like, it's right there, but it's just like one more thing to do. And then and I put it away and they take all the clothes out. I actually stopped folding my kids' laundry. Um, <laughs> I don't like throw it in there completely haphazardly, but I don't completely fold it because they just take it out and my right. toddler gets herself dressed. 
So it's just, you know, making things easier on yourself and lowering your own expectations without compromising the things that will drive you completely crazy, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I think that also goes back to that perfection thing, like letting go of the perfection, like it's okay if the dishes are in the sink and we can take care of it in the morning, that's going to be perfectly fine. Like it's not going to make or break us. (laughs) Yeah. And then sometimes it's like, I would always try to like make my kids like full meals, like three times a day. But then I realized by four o'clock, they've had breakfast twice, two or three (laughs) snacks, lunch, and now they want to eat again. I'm like, I don't know what to feed you guys. So I started making like I call them plates. I'm like, I'll just make you a plate of food. And literally I pull out everything in the fridge that I have and just make them a plate of leftovers. Yeah. And they love it. And I make <laughs> I cut up some fresh fruit, but I make them a plate of leftovers and I give them a toothpick and they have a field day with nice. a plate of leftovers, which is easy for me, but I don't have to think like, Oh, what are we going to have for lunch today? Cause lunch is like the most annoying meal to figure out what to eat. Cause I got right. dinner. Breakfasts are pretty easy. We eat the same things, but I don't know what to do for lunch. <laughs> so just a plate of leftovers. I'm not thinking about it. They're happy because they're getting a variety and it's just, you know, easy. I love that. Yeah. Especially that. I think that's a great tip for everybody that is home with their kids. Just do a plate of leftovers. And I think that's great. Yeah. So now I just have sort of a lightning round of questions. I ask every guest to find out a little bit more about you and what you're working on. Um, so the first one is what's something you consider to be your non-negotiable practice? Um, so it could be anything you do for yourself, um, that you must do daily so that you can start or end your day on a positive note. Uh, take a shower. (laughs) (laughs) Even when I had a newborn, I didn't care if I, it was like the last thing I did before I went to bed, but I have to take a shower just to feel human. Even if it's like a five minute shower, 10, not even like that, like a few minute shower just to get in and like rinse the day off or start the day, rinsing it off, whatever it is. I just need to like get the water on me. I feel refreshed. I don't have to even wash my hair, but just get in the shower, change my clothes. Even if it's the same other comfy clothes I have, but (laughs) take a shower. (laughs) Definitely a good one. Yep. (laughs) Um, What is your favorite working mom hack? that gets you through a hectic or difficult day? Planning ahead for sure. Um, on those days where I just know it's going to be completely crazy. Um, planning ahead, setting out outfits ahead of time, packing lunches, packing diaper bags, packing pump bags, whatever it might be purses, having everything ready to go. And then at the end of the day, making the world's simplest dinner or getting takeout on the way home because I don't want to deal with trying to cook and clean. Um, And paper (laughs) plates, also paper plates, because there's sometimes that it's like just so much easier and gratifying to throw it away in the (laughs) trash than putting in the sink or putting in the dishwasher. So, and, and knowing that when you have those busy days, it's okay to let some things go and not have the day that you want to have, if that makes sense. Total sense. Yes. So great. So who um, would you consider to be your favorite, either like podcasters, bloggers, a favorite author, or someone that was like really influential to you? Um, I want actually to, it's funny because I do follow a lot of blogs just because I like the way they look and I try to see what other people are doing. Um, 
One blogger that I follow just because I think she has a great personality is a former bachelorette, um, Jillian Harris. Um, she has a really cool blog. Um, I think she does some pretty stuff and I like that she really gives back to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> podcasts. I honestly, I, I used to listen to podcasts when I went to the gym and could go inside on the treadmill, but I can't do that anymore. Yeah. And so I stopped listening to podcasts, but actually the ones that I did listen to are, um, ones for influencers and bloggers. The two that I like, um, are Jenny Melrose and Julie Solomon, I feel like are the best ones for myself that I've been able to relate to. And they have a lot of good information for people just starting out. Okay. Um, authors, honestly, usually when I read, I just read light stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really read a lot of like heavy. I mean, I do occasionally read like a heavy book, but I just like to read like, I don't know, probably just kind of really light like beach reads, if you will. Oh yeah. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I I kind of flip back and forth between sort of like mindset books and Mm -hmm. personal growth. And then sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm tired. I need to just do something like a light read. So yeah, Yeah. totally. I do read those. Yeah. It's just, it's just hard because it's like sometimes towards the end of the day, like I'm, my brain just needs a break. Yes. And if I'm reading too much I'll read like multiple pages and realize I read it, but I have no idea what I just read. Like, <laughs> like how did I get here? Yeah. Uh, so. I've been there before. Yep. So what, um, what are you currently working on that you're most excited about? Um, actually currently I started writing a book. Um, so I am working on that and my goal is to do something with it next year, whether I can magically get it published or self-publish it. Um, that is what my biggest project is that I'm pushing for, um, next year. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, definitely excited to, um, hear more about that once you get that out there, but yeah, that is, that's amazing. Thank you. I'll let you know. Yeah, for sure. So where can people follow you online? Um, yeah, so I have an Instagram page, which I probably do the most amount of daily activity. Um, what I try to do on Instagram, my um, handle, I think that's what they call it, is beautifulchaos.blog. Mm-hmm. Um, I do try to have that nice, pretty little feed that everyone's looking for. But in my stories is the day-to-day chaos, if you will. So my beautiful part is the feed that you see. Um, but then the chaos is often in the stories. Um, and then I also have a blog, which is www.mybeautifulchaosblog.com. So those are my two biggest platforms that I have, um, that I work on pretty much daily. Perfect. Great. So yeah, I'll, um, definitely I'll post all of the details of those in the show notes so everybody can follow along. And I love that concept, how you explain the beautiful part is in your feed and then the chaos is in the stories. I think that's really creative. Thank you. Yeah. I try to really just be honest in my day-to-day stuff, but I do know that people like that pretty feed. So I try to make it, that's why I spend more of my effort, but the day-to-day stuff is like, this is what I have. This is really what's going on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. We all need that dose of reality. (laughs) Yes. So, okay. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really um, had, you know, had a great time talking to you and I really appreciate your honesty, your realness, and you sharing your story with us. Because like I said, I think it's just so important for all of us moms to share our stories. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being able to talk about it. I feel like every time I can talk about it, it makes it better for me through this journey, even though I still can't talk about it and not cry, but one day, (laughs) one day I'll get there. No, and that's totally understandable. So yeah, thank you so much. Um, Hope you have a great day. Thanks. You too. So I typically in conclusion of each episode, go over some of the main takeaways um, that we've gotten out of each episode. And for this particular one, I just thought it was so raw and real what Sabra shared with us um, that I really just wanted to bring up a few points to talk about. And um, especially just the fact that, you know, postpartum anxiety and depression and anxiety and depression in general, I think that people have a certain idea of what it looks like um, and that it can only look a certain way. Um, but I think, you know, that's just not right. I think it manifests in a lot of different ways. And as we talked about on the podcast um, with Sabra, and I've also experienced this as well, um, the postpartum anxiety can manifest as um, anger and as a feeling of a loss of control and just a feeling of just this intense overwhelm that you feel like you can't do anything about and that feels kind of hopeless at times. So I'm just so glad I had the chance to talk to Sabra about this very important topic. And I, again, thank her for being so raw and real about this because I know that tons of moms experience this and aren't always able or willing to kind of speak out and speak up telling someone what they're going through because they might feel kind of embarrassed or they might feel like maybe they're the only one this is happening to, but that's just not true. So in conclusion, I just really, really um, thought this was a powerful episode. I hope that it resonated with some of you and that you kind of walk away feeling that you are not in this alone. There is help. There is hope. And there is a possibility to heal and to move forward in the way that works best for you. So if you would like to um, follow Sabra and hear more about her story, um, just go on over to her Instagram called beautifulchaos.blog and also her website of the same name, Beautiful Chaos Blog, and you can follow her over there. So until next time, thank you so much for listening in to the podcast and I will talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening in today to Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes of this episode for all the links to what we've talked about today. Also, head on over to the theworkingmomcollective.com to sign up for my free five-day challenge for creating a working mom non-negotiable routine. We've all been there. 
stressed out, burnt out, and overwhelmed as working moms handling all of the things. My free challenge will walk you through step-by-step my exact method for creating a working mom routine that takes you from burnout to actually waking up and feeling great about your day. And finally, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review if you have a few minutes. Tell your working mom friends and anyone else that might be interested in this content. I'd love as many moms as possible to gain value from the podcast. If you'd like to nominate someone or yourself to be a guest, please contact me at kelly at theworkingmomcollective.com. I am so happy you chose to listen in today, and I cannot wait to dive into next week's topic with you.